a lot of people thought that the Federal Reserve was going to continue raising yep. the rate. Mm-hmm. And so the Fed instead decided, you know what, we're going to bring it back down. Yep. <laughs> and so as they've cooled off the rate and they've lowered their rate, all of a sudden the news organizations are talking about this again, saying, hey, maybe now is the time for you to refinance. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and on this episode of Getting Money Right, we're talking about refinancing. Yes, is now the time to refinance? Should you refinance? Should you wait a little bit longer? Uh, what is refinancing? What, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this something that you should do in today's market? What's the economy telling us? And you might have noticed the interest rates have been in the news. Uh, all of a sudden, people are talking about yeah, it. quite a bit, actually. <laughs> and so you're seeing it, uh, whether you're listening as you drive or uh, if you're watching on television or just looking at headlines, this is a big this is big news right now. A lot of people thought that the Federal Reserve was going to continue raising yep. the rate. Mm-hmm. And so the Fed instead decided, you know what, we're going to bring it back down. <laughs> and so as they've cooled off the rate and they've lowered their rate, all of a sudden the news organizations are talking about this again, saying, hey, maybe now is the time for you to refinance. And not just the news. Uh, but a lot of people that want to sell a product mm-hmm. that is a loan, of course. now is the time for them to sell because their product just got cheaper. And so while it's on a discount, they want to sell as many as possible because they make the same amount of money, mm-hmm. but it's just cheaper for the consumer. So we're going to talk about if this is a time to refinance. And this will be great no matter when you listen to this episode, because the stuff we're going to talk about, the principles, the rates, understanding how it operates it will work for you no matter what season you're in. And it's always really good to know about refinancing and choosing the best rate uh, because this is something that could literally save you thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. I I wish that somebody had educated me more about uh, not just refinance rates, but even just finance rates on the front end of purchasing a home. I wish I understood a little bit more before I bought my first home. And so we're going to educate you so you can be well-equipped to understand refinancing and financing. So you may be wondering, why does the central bank even move this rate? Well, the federal funds rate is one of the tools that the Fed has to help meet its three economic goals. It's promoting maximum employment, stabilizing prices like inflation, and moderating long-term interest rates, which affects the ultimate cost of financial products like mortgages. The short-term rate serves as a benchmark for rates on borrowing and yields, interest earned on savings for businesses and everyday Americans. And it directly affects short-term interest rates and indirectly affects long-term ones like currency exchange rates and stock prices. So the Fed lowers this rate to stimulate the economy by making it cheaper for people to borrow money. Yeah, so think about this. The Federal Reserve uh, is able to lend out money to banks at a certain rate. And if banks can get money from the Fed very cheap, 
then they can lend that money out very cheap to other people. Right. And so what happens is as the economy starts to do really well, and there's a lot of jobs, and right now we're in a pretty strong economy right, every right. year or every month, about 100,000 jobs are being added to the economy right now. So we have more and more jobs, uh, more sales, more uh, revenue is going year over year currently. That's where we're at today. And that's how it's been for about the past 10 years right. here in America. Well, as that grows, the Federal Reserve looks at that and says, okay, everything is growing really fast. Maybe we should increase the rate, making it a little bit more expensive for people to borrow money. Mm -hmm. And if it's a little bit more expensive to borrow, less people will do it. And yep. if less people borrow, it kind of slows the economy down to a scalable, healthy pace. Right. And when I say a healthy pace, uh, this is a huge, you know, there's economic theories and textbooks written on this. Uh, nobody knows exactly what the perfect inflation rate is <laughs> and what the perfect economic there's policy no is. It's constantly fluctuating. It's constantly fluctuating. Uh, some of the top leading economists have kind of landed on this idea that 2% is the appropriate inflation rate, and that is how fast the economy economy grows. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is if the economy is growing too fast, then the Fed can raise their interest rate a little bit, which means that banks are buying the money for more or borrowing the money for more, mm -hmm. which means they're going to charge more to their customers. And right. you as a customer, when you go to borrow, you're looking at it saying, well, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. Yep. I was going to buy a house but I'm not going to, you know, put 6% a year towards a house. I'd right. be willing to do 4% or 3%. And so that's what we're talking about. This begins to directly uh, affect the interest rate that you spend on a home loan. Yeah. And so this is how the Federal Reserve impacts economic changes. Mm -hmm. And it's a really big deal. And so right now, uh, everybody had been predicting, oh, the Federal Reserve is going to keep increasing the rate right. because our economy has been growing. And so they think if they increase it, it'll slow the economy down a little bit. But right now there's the trade war talks and there's some other economic uncertainty happening. And so all of a sudden the Federal Reserve is like, oh, oh, okay. How about we lower the rate just yeah. a little bit? Just as the economy started to slow down a little yes. bit, they're like, okay, we need to reverse course. And that's really the Fed's job yeah. is to consistently look at what's happening and not allow the economy to slow down to where we hit a recession, yes. but also not let it run away to where it becomes yeah, where inflation, inflation goes off. up. And, right. and either way, it's bad. So oh, their job, which is a really difficult one, is to keep <laughs> that from going too fast or too slow and just keep it to where it's steadily growing at a healthy pace. And that's a tricky thing. But returning back to our topic, mm -hmm. what happens is when this rate is changed, whether it's up or down, it affects everything. And especially as it comes to housing. And we saw housing really take off. Home uh, values have increased significantly over the last few years. And that's partially due, in fact, in a great part, I think, due to low interest rates. And as the interest rates began to climb, as the Fed began to increase the interest rates, you saw that begin to cool. And that's why they decided to, to reverse course and to say, mm -hmm. okay, we were trying to keep this from going too fast and growing too fast. Now we're trying to keep it from slowing down and stopping. And I think a lot of people pulled out of housing market and said, yeah. gosh, it's getting too expensive. If I'm, especially with the home values being so high, mm -hmm. you're buying a and $400,000 home. When you're going even a half of a percent or a percent higher, it oh, makes yeah. a big difference over 30 years. Yeah. So people began to sit on the sidelines and, and wait, hoping that things will reverse. And they have now. Yeah. So a lot of people have come back into <laughs> it, either looking for homes, also, of course, looking to refinance. And I think there's supposedly like 10 million Americans 
that stand to benefit by refinancing right now where the rate is. That's huge. Yeah, and I've read several articles preparing for this podcast, and the consensus is that the interest rate will go down to just below 2% oh, for the 30-year yeah. mortgage, yeah. and then eventually it'll it'll kind of plateau there for a little bit, and in 2021, we'll begin to go back up again. So we may be in a season. This is all speculative. Well, and nobody it is speculative, right, right. We're saying this is what people are generally saying, but yep. nobody knows exactly. Nobody knows. But the idea is this is a good time with the interest rate being what they are. It may be a good time to refinance, especially if you bought a home in the four and a half or higher percentage. Yeah. You may be able to hit 3%, maybe slightly under 3% if you're looking to refinance maybe for a 15 year, which yeah. would always be a good idea. Yeah. Well, and let's look at what that interest rate is. So, or talk about what it is. Let's say that you have a 5% interest rate and you have a $100,000 home loan. You borrow $100,000 at a 5% interest rate. That means every year... You pay 5% of that 100000 to yeah. the bank yeah. as interest. Like none of that goes towards principal. That's just as a thank you for letting, the, or for, yeah, for, for them letting you borrow their money. Right. And so $5,000 a year. Now, let's say it goes down to 4%. Now it's only $4,000 a year. Now it's 3%. All of a sudden, it becomes very attractive to borrow money for a home because the rate is so low that it feels it feels like you're not having to pay back very much. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening right now is as the Fed has started to lower things and we see interest rates going from that five and a half down to 5%, down to 4.5, down to four, mm -hmm. all of a sudden people are saying that's on a $100,000 home, that's $1,000 a year. But on a two hundred thousand dollar home, that's two hundred thousand or two thousand a year. On a three hundred thousand dollar home, sure. it's three thousand a year. So it can add up very quickly. Each percentage can impact. And if you have a thirty year loan, and you have a one thousand dollar difference per year, you've just saved thirty thousand mm -hmm. dollars. And so let's say you save two percent on a loan, you could easily save. $60,000 over the course of the loan or right. 70 or 80 or $100,000. So these numbers add up really quick. And that's why it's important that you understand this. Yeah. So if you are looking to refinance, and this is what really we want to focus on in this episode. So we want to talk about the things that you should know before you consider refinancing. There are some things that you have to think about before you actually pull that trigger. And number one would be, do you qualify, right? You have to make sure you qualify before you right. begin this Are process. they going to lend you the money? Is yep. anybody, are you actually the kind of person that somebody wants to give a hundred grand to? That's right. <laughs> right. So to qualify for refinancing, you have to have ample equity in your home, meaning you have to have some equity in order to refinance because they're going to look at your home and say, well, how much equity do you have? And should you refinance? Is that something that you can do? Do you have, can you borrow the money that's actually that you're trying to refinance? Let's say for instance, you bought a hundred thousand dollar home, but the value is actually going down. Oh yeah, you still owe ninety five on it, but the value is only worth eighty. Well, <laughs> That's you can't not a good risk, right? Right, unless you bring some money to the table, you can't refinance. So the idea there is you're looking at that with the value of your home having risen in the past few years, though, which we know a lot of us have had that. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that a lot of people may qualify for refinance because there is more equity in their home now than there was maybe two three years ago. So the best way to find out if you have enough equity in your home to qualify is to check out a few lenders and discuss what you want to do. What are your needs? And those with 20% equity will have an easier time to refinance because that's usually the kind of the standard. They want you to have at least 20%. Yeah, you said something interesting there, Leo. You said that the best way to find out is to talk to a few different lenders. Mm -hmm. And over and over again in this episode, if you decide to refinance, 
Leo and I are going to recommend that you talk to several different lenders. Right. Never just settle for one because if another one is able to save you half a percent a on deal. a $200,000 house, that's a thousand bucks a year. Over 30 years, that's 30 grand. Literally just you shopping around and saving half a percent. Mm -hmm. Just from this conversation that Leo and I are having with you today, you could save $30,000. Yeah, we'll take uh, we'll take a small portion. Yeah, of just it. a small portion. <laughs> make it make it to getting money right or direct to David Thompson and Leo Sabo. We're we're very happy to receive it uh, because we're here to benefit you. And if we get a little kickback in return, that's fine. I'm okay with that. That <laughs> doesn't, joking, doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs> just we're just joking. Okay, so if you go into this process of looking to qualify, you have to know what your credit score is. Yep. That's where you've got to start uh, in order to get the best interest rates you have to have a good or very good credit score. And when I say good, that's in the mid 700s yeah. or higher. And yeah, it's basically very good or excellent. Yeah. Because that's really the only ones that are going to give you that rate that makes makes it worthwhile to actually refinance. Right, right. Yeah, if you're if you're in the 600s, you probably want to keep working on your credit score right. before you go to refinance. You can still run the numbers, uh, but it's really when you get into the higher credit score pieces where it makes more sense uh, financially to refinance. So you can check your credit score through your bank typically, or through your credit card company. Uh, the way I like to look at mine is on credit karma mm -hmm. and it's free. I've got the app and I do it on my computer. Uh, you can also look on TransUnion and Equifax and Experian and go direct with the credit reporting companies. Uh, but credit karma will look at your TransUnion and your Equifax for you for free and tell you. So a lot of credit card companies now are giving it through your credit card statement uh, it's pretty neat in my mind that this information is finally starting to be yeah. free. Yep. 10 years ago, it, you had to pay yeah, every to pay single time. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. One other thing that you need to make sure that you understand is what is your debt to income ratio? Lenders have become more strict on how much debt you're allowed to carry. You may have a higher income, even a long job history, maybe even a substantial savings account. And those things do help to qualify for a loan, but most lenders today want you to stay below 28% of your gross income for your house payment. So your debt to income ratio should be overall 36% or less. That's what lenders are looking for today, and that'll give you the best chance of getting approved. But as David said, if you have some consumer debt that might keep you that might have that ratio higher than 36%, it's best to pay off that consumer debt first before you apply to try to get a refinance. Yeah, this is always going to take you back uh, to the four basic things that Leo and I tell you all the time. You've got to spend on purpose. Right. So you need to have a plan in place and know exactly what's happening in your budget. You need to save before you spend. If you don't have any savings, don't go trying to refinance your house or buy a home. You need to make sure that you've got the emergency fund or that stability fund in place. Then you've got to start to increase your financial margin by paying off debt, get rid of the debt, right. uh, or continue to grow in your career, and then finally invest wisely. What we're talking about here is you may end up investing a couple thousand dollars into a refinance, but it could save you 10, 20, 30 thousand dollars over yep. the next 15, 20, 30 years. So this is really okay. Have you paid off your debt? Have you cleaned up some of the financial situation before you go into this? And you just have to understand the cost of refinancing. So what's happened if you're already in a home is a bank or some lender looked at you, did all the paperwork and mm -hmm. said, okay, we want to lend you fill in the blank, $100,000, $200,000, whatever the number is. But now it's been three, four, five years, and you're now coming to a new bank 
saying, hey, will you lend me money? Mm -hmm. And they have to look back at all of your financial records. And they have to once again determine, are you a good risk? And if somebody's going to lend you $200,000, I'm just using that as a baseline number, they're going to look into you. Mm -hmm. And so when I say they look into you, I've actually got my statements here uh, from when I refinanced about two years ago. And I'm looking at this. uh, They've got uh, some of my IRS tax returns here going Mm -hmm. back several years. Yep. Uh, they've got my passport. They've got my savings account. They've got my 401k account. They've got my general checking account. They've got another checking account that I have open. They have another savings account that I have open. They are looking at all of the documents from everything that I've done over the past several years. Now, if I'm going to pay somebody, to look at all these finances and determine if they're willing to give me $200,000, I have to pay them. They're mm-hmm. not just going to do this for free. Right. And so there is going to be a cost and you need to know what the cost is going to be. Typically, it's between 2 to 5% of the total loan. Right. So if you have a $200,000 loan, 2% of that is 4 grand. Right. So and that's on the low end. Yeah. So if you're going to spend $4,000 on something, you need to know exactly what you're spending and what the payoff is. Uh, And you've got to be aware that sometimes you'll see it advertised as no cost financing, but it's never going to be completely free. Nothing's for free. We've talked (laughs) about this before. We've talked about this. Uh, Nothing's free. They may hide the fees somewhere else. They may raise up some fees and hide their origination fees and their loan application fees, or they just increase the interest rate. That's it. So yeah. if you end up paying an extra 1% every year, but you don't pay any closing costs, but you pay 1% a year, well, on $200,000, that's two grand a year that you pay. Yeah. That's a pretty big fee for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> and you have to be careful because sometimes they will advertise as no cost or low cost closing mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. refinancing. But really what they're doing, they're saying, we're you're not going to have to come up with anything out of pocket. Right. And that sounds very interesting and very uh, appealing to most people. Because it's hard to come up with four to five grand and plot right. it down to refinance. But realize that one way or another, those costs, and we'll touch on some of those costs, they will be included in this transaction. Absolutely. And so they'll either wrap it into your mortgage, which means your mortgage now will go up another five grand. So you're paying more on that 5000 for the next 30 years. Um, so you are going to pay more. And what we always tell you guys is make sure that you count the cost, that you realize what is this actually costing me? And sometimes we're just going for that lower payment but it's costing us more in the long run and it doesn't make sense financially for you. So make right. sure that you're really looking at the cost and understand that part of this cost is necessary. You're going to have it. It's to help you to get a lower rate and save money in the end. So right. don't try to do away with it altogether, but make sure that if you are reading the fine print, you understand what do they mean by low cost? Where right. is that? Because somebody's going to pay for that title insurance. Somebody's going to pay yes. for that appraisal. Somebody's going to pay for those inspections. So make sure that you realize what you're getting into. And you're not putting that amount uh, into the loan. And now you're paying three, four times more than you should have just by coming up with the money and paying it down. That's right. And we're going to go through some examples of some of the fees that you'll end up paying and how to calculate whether it makes sense to refinance or not. Uh, but before you get there, you've got to understand what are the rates mm-hmm. and what are the terms? Correct. Yep. yep. <laughs> so a lot of people focus just on the interest rate, which is very easy to do because that's the big number you see. But there's a lot of other factors to consider. Uh, one, you may be looking at your budget and have a goal to reduce your monthly payment as much as possible. Yep. So Leo, I know that you ran into this early on in your career mm-hmm. when there was some 
uh, you had built your own stability fund, but your company didn't have a stability fund. So right. tell me about what was going on with that. Yeah, back in uh, 2003, well, I was working for this company and they were uh, threatening a um, bankruptcy. And they were at the point where they had lost money for quite a few years. And so what happened is they came back to the employees and said, if you don't give us some concessions, meaning give us some of your, <laughs> give us some of your back payback, some of your pay, right. um, we're going to have to uh, file for bankruptcy. So we ended up doing that. We signed a contract that gave away some of our income. Um, and I won't tell you the amount, but it was significant. And for me to prepare for that, because I had just moved to Texas three years prior, I didn't want to leave here. I didn't want to have to be shipped out to a different um, state and work out of that station and commute back and forth to, to home. And so even if I were to do that, I wanted to keep my family here in Texas. So what I did is I went and refinanced. The rates were very low at the time. So I refinanced and I actually got my payment down to 375 a month. <laughs> That's Because amazing. I figured even if I work at McDonald's, I could pay the mortgage for yes. 375 a month. Yes. Um, now, that did not include taxes and insurance. But my point is, I did do this just to prepare ourselves for a situation that might happen. Right. And fortunately, we were not in a position where we had to worry about it. But I didn't get laid off. I didn't have to transfer somewhere else. I did take a pay cut, which, you know, hurt a little bit, but it didn't. You know, it didn't hurt us from our plan because we had a ton of margin. Well, you'd stabilized your finances mm -hmm. by going through the four steps we always recommend. Right. And you'd created that margin to where you could pay down on the house or refinance and have a very inexpensive loan. Right. So that if anything went wrong, you could keep making your payments. So in that situation, the terms mm -hmm. were pretty important. And you chose to do a 30-year right. note. To get the lower payment. To get a lower that's payment. that's what I'm looking for. Right. Uh, but you may want to pay less interest, mm -hmm. and, and there, there's different scenarios, and you want to pay less interest, so you take on a lower term or a shorter term loan, mm -hmm. like a 15-year loan. Right. So in some situations, when I when I first uh, got married, bought our first home, our, our only home <laughs> right now, we just got <laughs> our first home, and, and I got into it, and I looked at the 15-year rate, which had a lower interest rate. But because you're paying it off in 15 years instead of 30, the overall monthly amount is higher, like three, right. 400 bucks of higher every month. And so I was looking at the 15 year versus the 30 year. And Ashley and I, we had some margin, but if we were to pay the 15 year, then Think that would tight. eat up $400 of the margin yeah. really fast. Yeah. And so we didn't want to be that tight. So we chose the 30 year loan originally. So we'd have three to $400 a month of margin in our budget. Right now, over time, our budget grew. We both in, you know, increased in our careers. We added new skills. We shifted in our jobs to have more pay. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden it made sense to refinance down to a 15 year because mm -hmm. we'd pay off our home in 15 years and have a lower interest rate, which saves you a ton of money. Yeah. And we had the margin to where we could pay that extra three, $400 a month and it didn't hurt our budget. So some of this is you've got to realize what season of life you're in. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people will say, oh, you should always do the 15. And I do agree. The 15 is, is the best option yeah. if you can do it. The less it, interest you pay, the better. It can save you at least $100,000 yeah. over the life of the loan. And it is incredible. But... There was a season in your life, Leo, mm -hmm. where there was some instability with the job. So you chose to do the right thing and make sure things were stable with your personal finances. Yeah, you don't want to get into a position where you're taking that 15 year, but that payment is so high that it's hard to, to do anything else. Right. And then if anything happens, one of you loses your job or you take a cut in pay or reduce your hours, anything like that. Now, all of a sudden, you're in danger of losing your home. 
And the time when you really need to refinance is probably mm-hmm. not the time the, the bank's going to want to lend you the money. <laughs> it's always an uncomfortable time. So yep. it, it's better to look at the future and say, okay, what's the, what's the best thing? Now, here's the thing about us, though. Even though we refinanced it to have a $375 payment, we're actually never paid less than $1,200 on that payment because our goal was to pay off the house in seven and a half years. But we were just preparing ourselves just in case this thing was going to affect yeah. us. But we never made a $375 payment. Yeah. We always made the higher payment. So my point is in this, it's better to do a 30-year mortgage, but treat it like a 15. Oh, that's a great idea. Now, a 15 will give you a lower interest rate. So Mm -hmm. if you can go there and still have margin, then it's the better better idea, obviously, Mm -hmm. because it's going to be a lower interest over time. But listen, if you have a 3.5% or 4% and you choose the 4%, but you pay it off in five to seven years, who cares? Right. You're still going to save a ton of money. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the difference is that when you look at it, uh, let's say that it's a half a percent difference. So every year you end up spending an extra $500 in interest yeah. or $1,000 in interest. But if that allows you to have a lot more stability in your family and in your home, it, that is a worthwhile call. Oh, yeah. That gives you the peace that, right. that you need to have exactly. in your finances and in your home. And so. if you pay it like it's a shorter loan, meaning you pay more towards it, you can still pay it off in 15 and you'll have had more stability all along the way. Right. Uh, but honestly, if you get the chance, I recommend that you lower other areas of your lifestyle, mm-hmm. that you look at maybe a slightly smaller home, you make sure you've got the emergency fund, and you find a 15-year mortgage. That is that is the best financial way to do it. But be wise. Don't, don't be embarrassed doing a 30-year year loan. Mm-hmm. Both Leo and I have done it. Uh, both of us paid over and above in that time. But let's say you're at a season where you can't pay over and above. Don't be embarrassed take care of your family, right. then grow your career, grow your skills, increase your income, and eventually get back to that 15-year track. Because we really want to see you moving towards financial independence so mm-hmm. you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. And the greater the margin you create, the more you can put on that mortgage later. So if mm-hmm. you do decide to go with the 30 because that's safer for you now, but you continue to increase that margin, as you increase that margin, just make a commitment to say, Every time we increase our margin by $100, 50 is going to go toward the mortgage payment. You know, So you're still creating margin, but you're just putting a lot of that margin on the mortgage. And if anything happens, you can say, okay, something happened. We don't have as much. You can pull back and make a less payment on the mortgage, but still make the minimum. Right. And so you're safe either way, but it gives you that intensity to know that you're looking at this thing both logically, that's going to keep you and your family safe, but also you, ha- you should have this perspective and t- this desire to get rid of your mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. There's no benefit to having a mortgage, really. Oh, yeah. There really isn't. I know some people will say, well, you, you know, tax benefits and all that stuff. Listen, it doesn't make sense to pay $8,000 in interest to save $2,000 in tax. Right. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Save you're, the $6,000. You're, <laughs> you're sending somebody $8,000 so you don't have to send somebody else $2,000. Right. Make sense. So it's a $6,000 net loss. Uh, let's get you out of debt. That's mm-hmm. the goal here. Yep. Um, mortgage debt is not necessarily a bad thing when you're beginning your life, but uh, long term, let's get it out of there. Yep. Yep. So the next thing is know about loan points. Mortgage loan points are something that sometimes, especially when the rates are higher, start to come on the scene. When you compare loans, make sure you look at both the interest rate and the points. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a point like a 1% uh, is it's 1% of the loan amount will be added to the loan. And what it's allowing you to do, what the bank is trying to do is to say, look, if you want a 3.5%, you can pay the one, so it's a 4.5% loan, but if you mm-hmm. want 35 you can pay the 1% up front. 
And that's really what you're doing. You're paying 1% of the cost. So if you have a $200,000 house, you're going to make $2,000 payment up front to get that interest rate from four and a half to three and a half. Yeah. And, and Leo, you explained this to me earlier because I hadn't really thought through when that would make sense. But right now, interest rates are pretty low. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, in yep. the three and a half to 4% range on a 30 year, maybe three, maybe 4.5, depending on your credit score. But but once it gets up into 6%, 7%, 8%, a lot of people will want to pay extra to the bank up front in order to lower right. that rate because it lowers their monthly payment mm -hmm. and their annual payment to the bank. But you, this is a calculation. You're paying money up front, so you don't have to pay more money in the future. And so you've got to run the numbers. Yeah. Uh, so I would say the mortgage loan points, there are online calculators. If, you're, if your loan officer tries to market these to you, just plug it into the calculator and you'll be able to tell if it makes sense. Most of the time in today's market, it probably doesn't make sense, no. uh, but we want you to be aware. And in today's market, you actually won't see very much of those because right. the rate is so low that they're not going to give you a full point. They might give you a quarter to a half, and it's really not worth it. Um, because the rates are already pretty low. The only time I've seen these is when the rates are around six or seven percent or higher. When once it goes over five percent, because we're so used to lower rates, mm -hmm. we've had them for so many years mm -hmm. that the idea of five, six, seven percent interest rate—it's almost like I'm not buying a house ever again, kind right. of thing. Scary. So obviously that scares the banks and those who want to lend you money. So they're going to do this one percent, one and a half, two percent type of point in order to get you to come and take the loan anyway. So. You will see these if they're there, just so you understand what they're about. Uh, we wanted you to know. Yeah. So the most important thing here, and I know we've saved it to the end of the episode, but the most important thing is that you calculate the total cost and you look at the cost benefit analysis. So if you're going to pay $4,000 to refinance, which we said, you know, it's typically two to 5% is the cost. And if you're going to pay somebody $4,000 to set this up for you, then you need to save enough money every year to pay back that four thousand mm -hmm. dollars pretty quickly. Right. Uh, so let's say that you're able to lower your interest rate by one percent. You go from five percent down to four percent, or you go from four percent down to three percent. Right. If you save one percent a year on a two hundred thousand dollar house, mm -hmm. that means you save two thousand dollars every year. Right. So if you have to pay somebody $4,000 this year, but next year you've saved 2,000 and the next year you save 2,000, now you've paid it back. Two years is your break even, but the next year you save 2,000 and now you're and for you know, the next black. 27. Yeah, in the next 27 years you're saving 2,000 bucks. All of a sudden you've just saved yourself 60, $70,000. That's awesome. So, so it can make sense, but if you're planning to move, in two or three years, then it doesn't make sense because you won't have paid it back fast enough. So if you're planning to pay off your home in the next three to five years because you're paying aggressively, it might not make sense to refinance. Right. You've got to run the numbers. Uh, if somebody's trying to charge you a really high amount, then you've got to look at how much am I saving mm -hmm. and how quickly will this make sense to be paid off? Yeah, because the idea here is you're going to make an upfront investment in order to get this better rate. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that this cost doesn't overshadow your actual savings. And like David said, if you're going to move within two to three years, if that's even a potential, if this is not the kind of home that you want to be in for at least seven to 10, maybe 15 years, 
then it just makes sense to look at that cost and say, am I going to recoup this cost? Am I going to break even within two years? And that's kind of the standard that I would say is a good number. The lower you can get it, the better. But 24 months, if you can recuperate that closing cost within 24 months, then it probably makes sense if you're going to be in the home long term. But if not, then you're better off paying the higher payment because in the end, you'll pay less. Yeah. So uh, the final thing here is that there's a little bit of a bonus if you can get rid of private mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, if when you bought your home originally, you didn't have 20% down, then the mortgage company requires you to pay them an extra fee called private mortgage insurance. It only helps them. It doesn't help you. It insures them in case of any risk, but it doesn't help you in any way. And it's just a fee that you pay every month. Well, once you get to 20% equity in your home, you can refinance, you can let them know that you no longer need private mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, depending on how the loan is set up, they'll drop it and that can save you $75 a month, $150 a month. Yep. And so that alone can also help quickly make sense for you to do a refinance because you've now saved you know, a couple grand a year. Mm -hmm. And if it only costs you two or three grand to refinance, that's a no brainer. So if you can lower your rate and get rid of PMI, it is almost, it makes sense almost all the time, unless you're about to move in the next year or two. You always kind of really want to be in the home for another five years if you're going to refinance just so that it all flows smoothly. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing is if you do have 20% equity and you decide to refinance, now, if you're going to take money out, this is something that we Oh, would encourage yeah. you not to do. But if Absolutely. you do decide to do a, a you know, because a lot of folks will refinance to take money out to pay off credit cards and other things. We are totally against that. The numbers do not work in your favor. Yeah. Do not pay for a credit card over the next 30 years through your mortgage. That just does not make any financial sense. But if you were to do that, if you were to take money out for whatever you were going to take money out, um, that might actually put you back into where you don't have that 20% anymore mm -hmm. because you're taking money out. So yeah, now, that's true. now you may be in a situation where that PMI is added. So now you might have saved $100, $200 a month by refinancing with a lower rate, but you've added the PMI back in. Mm -hmm. So you're almost back at the same level you were, plus you have more borrowed now because yeah. you took some money out. So not something we would encourage you to do, but make sure you check with your lenders to see if you will need to pay PMI and how much it'll cost if that's part of what's what's going to happen through this refinancing for you. Well, that's all that we've got time for today. But I want you to know that in the next episode, we're going to talk about closing cost basics. We're going to look at the actual costs that go in to closing. Mm -hmm. And we're going to actually open up my personal closing costs from the last time that I refinanced, I guess the only time that I refinanced. And we're going to look at those and we're going to look at some of the terms that you're going to see. So it's going to be very technical, but it's going to be really, really helpful if you're looking to refinance or even just to do a mortgage for the first time. It's going to be incredible. So I hope you'll join us for the next episode as we go through some of these basics. For now, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed it, would you do us a huge favor? Would you rate and review this podcast? Uh, and also subscribe. This is the easiest way that you can get this podcast come into your iTunes app or Google Play so that you can enjoy every new episode, which comes out every Monday morning. So we hope you really enjoy it and that you'll also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. We love what we get to do, and I hope that more and more people are, are being exposed to this. But the way that you can ensure that that would happen is either by sharing it and also, of course, by rating it. You can also go to leosabo.com to learn about more resources, tools, and helpful content. And I would love for you to be able to reach out 
and let us know if there's some way that we can serve you. If you have questions or something that you want us to talk about, this is something that we really want some feedback on. Um, we'd love to just answer your questions. So let us know what questions you have and what content you'd like us to produce. Also visit stewardshippastors.com for biblical principles of handling money. David's book, Jesus on Money, is going to come out. And between that stewardshippastors.com and Jesus on Money, you guys are going to get a first-rate education and resources that's going to help you understand money and finances from a biblical perspective. I'm just excited about this book coming out later this year. Uh, you can order that right now. You can order it in bulk. You can have several and give it to your friends. I just can't wait for that book to come out, David. Thanks, Leo. So we just look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting money right. Lower you can get it, the better. But 24 months, if you can recuperate that closing cost within 24 months, then it probably makes sense if you're going to be in the home long term. But if not, then you're better off paying the higher payment because in the end you'll pay less. Yeah.